G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and actually something a little bit different this week, Matt's at MIA today, so we brought in a guest host for the podcast, the first ever guest host and it's a good friend of the podcast, Brody. How you doing mate? Mate, it's a pleasure to be here, pleasure to talk some sense into you guys and yeah, oh. <laughs> I'm ready man, I'm ready. I was going to say it's good to have you here but you just start off with a little bit of... <laughs> People have spoken. Hey, man, that's what oh, they want, right? Matt's listening at home right now, or wherever he is, just, uh, just clenched fists and teeth. All right. What we want to do is we want to jump straight into the games, because it was a massive week of fantasy footy yeah, this week. Huge. A lot of backlash. Um, I know you've got a few hot takes that you want to get to as well, mate. You're, uh, I'll try get. I'll try keep them. You're, you're raring to go, I can see. So we'll jump straight into the uh, Carlton Magpies match. Um it, so I sort of thought we were getting ready for a really good weekend of fantasy after this because there were some big scores and it kind of petered off after this game. But just for this Friday night match, man, it, there were some massive, massive numbers posted. It looked like we had a game on our hands as mm. well when Colton come in and kicked the first three or four goals, I believe. Mm. And I think all of us are sitting there going, we've got a real good game of footy on our hands. And then it really tapered off pretty quickly and that was kind of yeah. a good like symbolism for fantasy for the weekend yeah, as you kind of just alluded to also. <laughs> um, on the uh, the Magpies side of the ledger because we talked about it last week, that's what we like to do here, we want to start off with the winners. Um, Brody Grundy, he was playing with Mason Cox this week. Yeah. The whole point of, you know, everyone saying, right, we, we don't want to get on uh, Brody Grundy because Mason Cox is going to take up some rock time. He's gone bang with 141. Mm-hmm. That's that's big for me because you know I've got Goldstein at the moment, and yeah, he we we took last week and said when you know Goldstein plays Gorn or when some some of these ruckmen come up against the really really big stars of the ruck division, they're not going to score quite as well. Uh, but you know if Brody Grundy's going to put up numbers like this because he has a massive ceiling, I could see myself jumping on him a little bit later in the season if he could consistently do this with Mason Cox and the team. Yeah, well, the big thing about this game, which I noticed, was Mason Cox played um, a lot more of a full forward role than he normally does. And yeah, yeah he's a full forward normally. But in this game, you look, he only had the four headouts, and maybe that's just because Mason Cox is <laughs> Mason Cox. But really, it felt to me with Darcy Moore out the team mm. that he's quite fixated as that long threat. Mm. I think we could find when Moore comes back in if they choose to persist with Cox, yep. um, which I don't know if they will based on some of Buckley's comments, then Grundy's scoring could taper off a bit. However, I still think Grundy's probably one of those top two rucks at year's end. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. So At it, least top three. It's it, it's a still a little bit worrying because, like you mentioned, uh, Moore is going to come back at some yeah. stage, and it's it's Buckley. I don't know how the team is going to look <laughs> come the end of the season, but for the moment, if he can keep this scoring up, I'd be looking at getting into my salary cap side. Yeah. Any other big scorers who really caught your eye? Jack Crisp, actually. So, mm-hmm. as a Jack, you're a fellow Jack Crisp owner in, yeah. uh, in our Keeper League. We don't feel good about it. No. I, so, I own him in salary cap. How do you think I feel, mate? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a great feeling. So... Yeah, it's a, it's a good score. He had a lot of intercept marks in this game. He played much more of that role, which I think we expected those who jumped on him in salary mm. cap. He was really, not the loose at all times, but he definitely was a halfback guy and someone they look to. He's not a great player, but he gets a lot of cheap ball, and that's what we care about as fantasy coaches. Yeah. So um, I think you, if anyone had concerns about him, you can probably put them to bed for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was pleasantly surprised by it, and I was really happy. 
Yeah, um, I liked it. I, I thought it was a... He just floated off the half-back line a little yeah. bit more, which he hadn't done up to now. I actually saw him playing a uh, hard marking role on a couple of different players in the first two rounds, which yeah. I hated. I no, hated that. A that <laughs> um, couple of other uh, from the game there, just noticing uh, people have been throwing shade at Scotty Pendlebury. I don't get that. Mm. He's still a great player, and he's a good fantasy player as well. And not a lot of people actually own him. I he, think. he did get 50 points just about from tackles, though. Yeah, so still. that's... I, I know, like, that is probably... I mean, he probably made up for him and Adam Trelaw's tackle numbers <laughs> in this game, which we might get to, oh, but... Oh, I want to get to Adam Trelaw. <laughs> uh, I think we got a couple... i got a question on that one, too, right, so right. we might have to get to that later. But, yeah, Pendlebury, he's still an option. I don't know if I'd be trading him at this point, though. I think there's much more value to be had there, there is more value out there but at the same time if you're really looking for a POD in salary cap leagues he's a, he's a great option mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. I, I think he's he's just something that's a little bit different not a lot of people own Pendlebury um, just before we get on to Trelaw uh, Sam Murray you have to be playing him on your field for me. oh really yeah I, I'm not sold I'm you're not, not sold, sold on no, no, Sam no. Murray I think he's a great option to play on the field uh, don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but I think he's actually I think he's a fantastic player. The way oh, yeah. he breaks the lines, he's really exciting to watch. Mm. Um, and the thing about him is he's a better real-life player than fantasy player. With most people having two or three back rookies, yep. and Caulfield, I expect, to be someone heavily traded in this week, Yeah, I, agree. I don't think Sam Murray playing Adelaide is necessarily a must-start. I think it's a good option, but... If you want to make the case to me that I want to play Finlayson, Caulfield, or Dude, mm-hmm. I get that, and I'm okay with that personally. Mm-hmm. Or even this is a stretch, but Lockie Murphy's playing Collingwood, and I don't oh. exactly rate Collingwood. So, oh, do you have Lockie Murphy in your I side? I was about to say a lot of people have jumped off Lockie Murphy after the first week, so it's good. he's got that Charlie Cameron role. I'm fine with it at this point. Well, so. I really shouldn't be questioning any choices you make, considering you're sitting around about what 250th or something like that overall in salary. Like, I don't want to correct you, but it's like 230th. So. Oh, I'm sorry, so 230th. Well. <laughs> For us lowly mortals down here with our horrible scores in the thousands, um, yeah, well, geez, that, that's really making me jealous. No shade at Sam Murray, though. Like, he's great. But shade at this person I'm about to mention. All right. Um, Josh Thomas. Okay? Yeah. He kicked five goals. We're all sitting there going, he's a waiver wire smoky. I actually had the benefit of starting him in a draft league this year. I mean, this week, I dropped him straight away, even with that score. It's against Colton, for starters. Five goals against them. And mm-hmm. they were they, they were very... Like, they've got so many midfield options, and they were pretty sketch goals. Like, some of those wobbled their way through. Oh, that was awful. Don't bank on it. He's a fine guy to plug and play or have as a bench option. He'll still be 75. Mm-hmm. But don't start thinking that this is his breakout game. No. Like, well, I mean, Dugowie's coming back in. If not yeah. this week, then very, very soon. And they'll soon. play a very similar role. you got Wells. you got Greenwood still to come back in. Um, I know that, uh, is it Sears? How do you pronounce that last uh, name? Yeah, he hasn't debuted yet. So, he hasn't yeah. debuted yet, but he's looking really good in the uh, the VFL. And strangely enough, Maine has been looking really How good. How did Maine go in the VFL this week? <laughs> was it 36 disposals? It was Something stupid. Was. So don't be banking on scores like this. No, 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 no. I think what you're, the point you were making mm. there was everyone pick up Chris Maine off your waiver wire. Oh, jeez. Rush <laughs> to it now. It's if waivers haven't gone through. Put in a claim for him. Oh, that's that's <laughs> and just... captain him if you have captain. You know what? Let's not stop there. You like... hit rock bottom if you bring Chris Maine into your, your team. That's just that has to be said. That's already like Chris Maine's name being mentioned three or four more times than I ever expected on this podcast. Yeah, so we're moving on to Adam Trelaw because he's a big problem. I'm 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 good to wait for the questions for this one because mm-hmm. I think we've got quite a few. Right, what we, to do with it? If we've yeah. got a couple of questions, then we'll wait for it. But I do have a take on this, yeah. uh, and it does have to do with his upcoming run. Okay, perfect. If you haven't had a look yeah, at go it. for it. 
Um, the uh, only other person I want to mention from uh, from this list here is Jaden Stevenson, who a lot of people would have in their forward line. He's actually a chance to be dropped or rested this week because he was looking a little slow. He only had the six disposals. His worst game by a long way. Yeah. So. Mm. Um, if he does get a game, you obviously have to hold his break even still 33, so he's got a good chance to still go up. But, you know, if he's uh, if he's it's is dropped, you know, there's a lot of those guys coming back in from the VFL. He might not be guaranteed to come in after a rest straight away. So yeah. you may I'll- need to look at getting rid of him. Yeah, look at getting rid of him potentially, but I still think he probably gets close to 15 games for the year. So um, don't. it's not a must get rid of by any stretch. There is actually one last Collingwood guy I'm going to touch on, and right. that's Matt Sharonberg. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> don't bring up Matt Sharonberg. He, he was bad in this game, but the reason he was bad, if you were actually watching it, he was legitimately actually marking someone. He was he was playing lockdown. Well, that's yeah, but that's a genuine concern because he is. could do that in the future. If you own him in a draft league, and there's someone, um, let's say like Christian, who rates him really high. Do you shop him, or I, do you hold him? I wouldn't shop him because uh, if so, if you're shopping, uh, say for example, if there was someone else in the league who does rate him really high, mm. uh, I know I personally might rate Matt Sherenberg when he's played in the right role. Have you mentioned him before? I'm not I've sure. mentioned him <laughs> a few times on this pod, but uh, that person is, should be smart enough to go. Hang on, this guy's desperate. Yeah. So. You're not coming from a position of power at the moment. Yeah, real, real good. So you're going to, yeah, or you're really going to get unders on what he could be. You, what you want to do is you want to come in after he's had a couple of good games in a row if you don't think he's going to do that regularly. So don't do it right now. Do it after he has a couple of good games because we'll, he will have a good run. And that's a really good point just for trading and drafts. Mm. Uh, I know there's a lot of draft listeners. So the one thing you want to do is sell high and buy low. It sounds very simplistic, but it it's just, there's a lot of looking into it. Always try to have that position of power in a trade. Don't be um, an ass about it. But like, you know, like there is definitely some merit. Chuck out feelers if someone is underperforming. Mm. And even, don't don't offer them a stupidly low-balled offer. Like, um here, have my, I don't know, Dale Thomas for Zach Merritt. It's not going to happen. No. But if you offer, uh, like, for example, Lockie Hunter for <coughs> Zach Merritt, uh, that could very well get done. I'm not sure yeah. if you would want to. I'd still Ooh. probably fare to Zach Merritt personally. But I feel like there will be people panicking with Zach Merritt and you could get that sort of deal definitely yeah. if, if you feel it, um, like you would like to do that. That's true. Well, we'll move on to the Blues. There were a few good scores here. Mark Murphy, just a good solid mm-hmm. player. Matty Cruiser, I mean, we were we talking about is, the top yeah. three, but he could really sneak he really into that top if two he stays as well. Um, there is actually the next guy on the list, though. Yeah, he's actually pretty interesting. So he's had a 160 last week, and he's gone 103 again. Ed Kerno for those, yeah, who can't Ed say so now. Um, he's he's just a good, solid player, and we were mentioning uh, about him in draft leagues as well. If you have him, I reckon now is the time from that position of power we were mm-hmm. talking about just before. You can sell him, and you'd be able to shop him for a lot more than he's actually worth. Because he's a solid guy, but I think realistically, over the course of a year, he'll probably average around about ninety-five-ish. Okay, interesting. I am a bit higher on him than you. Yeah. So Ed Kern, I think he was about ninety-five, maybe slightly under it last year. Mm-hmm. I personally feel that with Gibbs being gone, and I think that Matt Kennedy hasn't quite came on as they expected for that clearance mid yeah. position. I think Ed Kearney is still going to get a lot of mid-time this year. And I mm. think I actually would, depending on who owns him in your league, because he is not a name. No mm. one ever feels good about starting Ed Kearney. If some, I think he could go at 100 yep. um, for the rest of the year. And this could be maybe his last good year. Yeah. I... Um, so I, I wouldn't be against actually 
the whole, I wouldn't sell, I, I'd halt because yeah. I don't think you're going to get proper value for it because it's quite obvious you're selling high. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, coming yeah. off 160 and 103. Yeah. Um, well, we'll move on to the next guy because I want to skip past a few of them and just talk about Kate Simpson really quickly. Don't get scared about that 83. I don't He's, even know why people are complaining yeah, about an really 83. Weird. It's ridiculous. 83 for a defender is yeah. still pretty good, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, it annoys me when someone, yeah, 83. Like, come on. Like, he's not going 130 each week. Oh, it's Kate Simpson. Yeah, exactly. And he's just a good, yeah. solid contributor. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to uh, to Matty Kennedy. You just brought him up before. He was actually one of your guys you had in the start of the season from memory. Uh, uh, I, did, I didn't start with him. You didn't start uh, with no, him? No, I have him, I have him in the Keeper League. But yeah. I, I've, I've been high on him. Me and Matt think quite similarly. Uh, you, Matt Kennedy dropping a draft league. If you own him, don't don't pick him in a salary cap mm. unless he starts stringing together some high yeah. 90 scores. Then you maybe want to go on him. But what about the Keeper League? So you no, 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 hold him in a keeper. Hold, hold him in a keeper, keeper yeah. yeah. Because um, he does have a future there. He's in a fantastic situation still. And mm-hmm. he's, a, he's that big-bodied um, inside bull. Yeah. And someone like Matt Crouch, when no, that's a stupid comparison since I'm not saying Matt Kennedy is Matt Crouch. I'm just saying that Matt Crouch was out of the team in his second year. Mm-hmm. Similar sort of player. Um, Jack Steele's another one who I, I can see a lot of similarities between. Yeah. Don't give up on him yet. He's only played less than 20 games or very close to 20 games for his career. Yeah, true. Um, I want to bring up Caleb Marchbank as well. So he's done for a month. Um, he's one of my boys. I hate the fact that he's done for a month, but it does open up a bit more scoring capability maybe for an Aaron Mullet who was terrible in this game. At a 31, but I think... Cut him too, yeah. Really, really cut him. Aaron Mullet, sorry. Yeah, Aaron Mullet. I would say hold him and see what he does with Marchbank out of the side. Because oh, that, could open up, that could open up a few more marks, like plus sixes in the back line. You know what? Line. I don't know if you'll get the chance to have a go with Marchbank out of the side. That's the, that's the thing. He was that bad. Jeez. He's had two shockers and one brilliant game. So, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a good speculative mm. pick if you want to... If you have a roster spot and you can hold someone, do it. Yeah. But... Um, if if you need someone to play on the field, I would not feel good about him at all. My worry uh, is as well that if they bring in Cam O'Shea, who uh, debuted mm-hmm. for the Blues last week, he wasn't very good, but you know he may come back in to fill that void. And who's going to get the points out of those two? You know, uh, they both have the ability to rack it up off half. Or well, none of them. Yeah, that's or true. even Weedering. Like, yeah, yeah we, it, we, it is hard to, to to know with those guys. And yeah, I'm more of a when those guys are as speculative as they are, mm-hmm. you kind of want to see it for a week. Before, yeah, true. Yeah. We'll move on to the next game. Let's do Port it. versus Brisbane. This was a great game. I mean, this was an mm-hmm. absolute Best rip-up. game of the round. By oh, it was. Yeah. I loved it. Loved every second of it. Um, uh, geez. Uh, Pollock has actually been doing really well this year, and I hate saying that. He's been really consistent from a draft point of view. I mean, he's yeah. not someone you look at in salary cap. Is he one of those sell-high guys, as we were just talking yes, about him and Andrew? 100%. Yeah. If you have Jared Pollock, he's a wingman. Wingmen go on runs like this, but every once in a while, they will be tagged, or the ball won't be coming onto their side of the ground, something along those lines, and they will just start a poor patch. Mm-hmm sell high while they're on yep. this because you'll get good value from Jared Pollock after a few games like this. Um, uh, Sam Gray as well, actually. He's been doing really well. He's a forward too, mm. as, as far as I'm aware. So, yeah, just start him every week, really. Oh, Sam yeah. Gray at this point. Yeah, 100%. Um, and Robbie's had another good game in a row. So, the thing about Robbie, I was keeping a really close eye on him yeah. as someone who nearly, very nearly traded him in last week in mm. fantasy. The thing about Robbie Gray is he played a lot of forward minutes, especially in the first half. Mm-hmm. He still was able to score well, considering it was Brisbane was the opponent. Not not to um, have a go at them, they were actually really good. They were. But uh, the thing about Robbie Gray is when the game was up for grabs, they pushed him into the midfield. 
However, that also coincided with Wines and Ebert getting knocks. Yeah, they did. They they both were a bit injured. So. Yeah, so they really... He got more clearance time as the game went on, mm-hmm. and his scoring, like, it, it did wonders for it. Yeah. If he can get that mid-roll, he will be incredible. Mm. Top five forward. Oh, easily. Easily a top five forward, which is big for salary gap. Do you think he's he does, at the moment. It's it's really really tough to say. It's it's almost a merry-go-round at the moment to Port Adelaide because they've just got so many good midfielders. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were saying just before, Tom Rockliffe. So his score's gone slightly up this week at seventy-eight compared to what forties he was. I would for. I would again attribute one old team two. He's going to get more familiar in that system. Yeah. And three, those injuries to those, those injuries two guys. Those are a big reason for yeah. that. So when uh, Wines went down for that little bit, he did get put it more into the midfield mm-hmm. as opposed to up forward. But, you know, how much are they going to be switching from forward to midfield? You just don't know. So I'd leave it to settle before I made a decision, especially in salary cap on rugby gray. Yeah. I would leave it another couple of weeks just to see what his exact role will be. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. I think if he has one great game where you see a lot of centre bounce attendances, that's enough to jump on. Because the mm-hmm. Sydney game, he got that. Um, this game, he got it for about half of it. If you get one more game like that, that's when you really have to bite the bullet. Love it. Um, we, we spoke about Tom Rockliffe already. Ollie Wines, he had a down game, but he was injured, injured for yeah, most of that second quarter. Him. And he was a bit hobbled when he came back on as well. Um, the main thing I want to bring up from Port Adelaide's point of view, they don't have a Ruckman. I mean, that's mm-hmm. obvious. And that leads us on into Steph Martin. Because Steph Martin smashed this game. 177 was ridiculous. Incredible score. It Incredible. was. I mean, he was everywhere. It was the disposals. He had seven marks. He had seven tackles. 49 hitouts as well. All rocks, I think. All number one ruckmans from other teams are going to do that to Port Adelaide while yeah. Ryder is out. If you play in a shallow one ruck league by any chance, mm-hmm. and Tom Bell Chambers, I believe, plays him this week, yep. jump, jump, pick him up and start oh. him because he's gonna. He even should get close to a hundred. I think Tom Bell Chambers, uh, because even if they debut someone like Billy Frampton or something for Port Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still a young, you know, thin twig ruckman. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, Bell Chambers will monster him around the hitouts, and he should at least get fifty points from hitouts. Um, well, the counterpoint though also is keep in mind whilst Port don't have a ruckman, they do have a ruckman in the sense that Justin Westoff and Charlie Dixon. <laughs> I know, I legitimately get yep. a big scoring bump. Yeah, right they, now. they are. So it, uh, this game it wasn't as apparent, but against Sydney, those guys both killed it. I really think their value is going to be... They're going to be much better in fantasy for the next month mm-hmm. until Ride is back. I think it, one, gives you a good opportunity to sell high on both of them because they're going to score, honestly, close to 90, I believe. Yep. Um, I wouldn't take the risk in salary cap. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you have those guys start them yeah. every week at this point. I've got a theory about that with Sydney as well, so I want to bring that up when we get onto their Fantastic. game. So I've got a little bit of a theory there. But Steph Martin, great game and... I mean, there's so many good Ruckman going around at the moment. You know, you can pick and choose for salary cap, really. Yeah. Um, Mitch Robinson, we had a few guys actually pick him up at the start of the season and hold him with yeah. that, uh, that suspension. Um, that was a good call because he could easily average around about 95 to 98 or something for the rest of the year. I think the Dane Beams illness withdrawal... Mm-hmm. He's, that, that he's a it. big, yeah, that's, he's that going to be the it. big beneficiary there. Because it's 110 this week. He's mm-hmm. not going to do that every week. But no. I still think that he could get that 95 to 98, something Hell, like even that 90, most weeks. Above 90, you'd be happy with. Yeah. That's that's worth for him. So he is a, a legitimate trade-in target. Mm-hmm. He's a legitimate guy. You can't really buy him in draft leagues because he's going at 100 over two rounds. Yeah. But he should 
if they are looking at a pure win-now perspective, we want to win as many games as possible, yep. he's in their best three clearance mids and should play. Easy. What I have noticed, though, is Brisbane are changing it up a bit. Jared Berry's getting a lot of clearance mid-time. Reese Matheson is getting some clearance mid-time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Zorko's there. Nick Robertson is someone who's tagging at times and also getting clearance mid-time. He's getting more mid-time than he was getting defense, which, oh, uh, which was his old role. So mm-hmm. that's interesting to see. So well. those guys will cut in a bit. Um, you could also see guys like Rainer jump in there mm-hmm. at stages throughout the year McCluggage. So the other thing is a bit tricky, but I do like Mitch Robinson and another. He's another one of those guys where one more game and if he's if he kills it again, you kind of have to get him. Yeah. But if you jump on now, I have no problem with it. Well, Alan Christensen's like being a bit sneaky here, but he's averaging really well. So uh, I think he's gone seventy four and then two nineties in a row. Yeah, so, he's been fantastic. Uh, he was great as that midfield pick. If you had him at the start, that was a great call. But in salary cap, I don't think you can jump on him now. No, I mean, no, he's no not no going to make up enough. Um, just, just not hold him. Definitely hold yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Him. He's going to make you a fair bit more money. Um, uh, Tommy Cutts. Yeah, Tommy Cutts. All right. I wondered if you could bring this up. So Tom Cutler's uh, the the village bicycle of our yeah. League. Tommy Townbike is probably the better name. <laughs> he has been passed around so much. Uh, I don't know how many trades he, trades he's actually been involved in, but. Uh, in our Keeper League, yeah. uh, he has been traded a lot. And he had a great game coming back in, but is he going to get that sort of midfield time? Is he even going to be in the best 22 when so, Beans comes back in? For me personally, long term, I don't think he's best 22. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great pickup in redraft. If you're in any redraft league, run to your waiver wire and get him. Yeah, Maybe don't run. That's a bit sad to run to your defensive, <laughs> <laughs> but you understand my point. Um, I think he'll play. He looked like kind of a wing role to me, not... Mm-hmm. Uh, when Dan Rich comes back, I think that hurts him, and I think it could get him out of a, a spot in the team. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, redraft, I love it. Keepers, I like it. Um, the pickup, uh, I was in a situation where I had to use the number or number two waiver priority to get him, and I passed on it because I don't think he survives in that team. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he's not a bad pick, and he should go at eighty-five as long as he's in the team. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, no, that's a really, really good point. Uh, anyone else that you actually want to bring up there from uh, from Brisbane side? I think Luke Hodge, a little underwhelming. Yeah, he, or he has been, and he's really playing that, you know, they, they always say the quarterback role for Luke Hodge, but he's playing it slightly differently here. There's not as much loose ball. It's not as easy as it was at Hawthorne no, for Luke Hodge to do. No, it's not, but um, he still, he leads that team, doesn't that's, he? That's he the point. That's what they brought him in for. I hate when you say that as well, because he's, he's just the... The consummate leader, isn't well, he? Such a Brisbane. good guy. But they wouldn't, <laughs> even, they wouldn't have got within five goals of Port Adelaide without that belief by yeah. someone like that, you know, just to really inspire them. <laughs> can't, can't tell how uh, sarcastic you're being right now, by the way. Um, we'll move on to the Demons and North match. Yeah, um, bit of a spanking in the end. Uh, Max Gorn, I think, was almost best on ground. He was fantastic. Yeah. 50 hit-outs. Um, Trounced Goldstein, which was probably a little surprising, considering yeah. they really had a good contest last year in mm. this uh, corresponding game. It was a bit weird, and especially uh, I thought that they would sort of cancel each other out maybe again, like Martin yeah. and Gorn did uh, last week. Yeah. Uh, but no, Gorn just got on top, and Goldstein couldn't get anywhere near him at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, 114 to He was fantastic. Uh, Jesse Hogan's the one I want to quickly talk about. Oh, yeah. How good has he been this year? He's been fantastic. Fourth highest ranked forward for the year. And is it sustainable, though? I don't think it is. The worry for me is he's coming into the midfield a fair bit. And uh, Angus Brayshaw, who for some reason isn't getting a game, but mostly Jack Viney is due back at some stage. So when they start to get, especially when they get Jack Viney back in, but also you would think Angus Brayshaw will come in at some stage, I think they will plonk him at full forward and sort of leave him there. Because... 
uh, even though he, he has that good body uh, coming into the midfield, um, he's strongly built. Uh, I don't think that that's the spot that they actually want him in. I think mm. they want him at the teeth of goals. Okay, I think, um, yeah, I'm similar to you in that mindset mm. also. But I think that Hogan, they have been making a conscious effort to also get him up the ground quite a bit. It's not just pure like, contested ball in the mid. He mm. is sneaking up a bit Revolt-esque to get your plus six of the halfback yeah. um, flank at times and then drifting back towards the forward line. Mm. I think um, whilst, yeah, Jack Varney hurts him, Tom McDonald, when he comes back, if he plays full forward, that could free Jesse Hogan up. So that could be something that helps him. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Not a top 10 forward, no. but I think he could be top 15. I really do think he could go at 85 or even in a touch higher. Yeah. So I'm, I'm high on him, but not high enough to bring him in in fantasy. Yeah, true. Uh, one who's been uh, actually doing... I mean, obviously Christian Petrarca was one mm-hmm. of the big mid-prices, and he's been fantastic all year. Um, Christian Salem came back with a better game this week, and we were waiting for his scores to rise because he's been pathetic to start the season. Yeah. Um, he might New actually... Role. Yeah, he might actually be on the uh, the waiver wire in some of your leagues. He might, oh yeah, snap him up. Yes, yeah, snap him up because he is playing midfield time. It was it might have just taken a little bit of time to click for him, but uh, you know, an eighty-eight's a good solid score, and I reckon you can run with him for the rest of the year. And deal. frankly, even if he does get some crappy scores playing in the midfield, mm. they eventually Melman will wise up and then put him back to halfback. Exactly um, because the, the, the halfback options. Haven't been too great. Oh, well, so I'll, bring, I'll bring up Hibbert because Hibbert's been woeful. I mean, I didn't start with him. I know Matt started with him on almost every four. And that's why he's not here, right? You no, he's playing himself to sleep right now, the poor guy. It's It really is bad. So he's had so like three terrible scores in a row. I think he's averaging something around 64. It's, it's just not enough for someone that you paid a lot. He was supposed to be the consistent guy. That's the problem. He yeah. was supposed to be the guy who would get you a solid 90 every week. He's not doing that. You can't trade him in a draft league because you're going to get nothing for him. And the people that are coming to you are probably banking on him maybe improving and they'll See, offer you something more. Right. I, I think he's got the name value. He's the different one to someone like Ed Kono. Mm. You can still get a very good deal for Hibbert. I think Ooh. someone would pay, would give you an 85 back for Hibbert. I, I believe. I, 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 I would take the 85 back in that, in yeah. that scenario. Or if you owned Hibbert, yeah. you owned Hibbert, Oh, actually, sorry. If, uh, uh, sorry, if you didn't own Hibbard, what yeah. would you be offering to get Hibbard? Uh, I reckon about a low low eighties back. Low eighties, eighty two, eighty three. I would pay up. I would give away that player. So let's mm. give an example to make it a bit easier, um, which is quite hard off the top. Yeah, of off head. the top of your head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say Ryan Clark. I was like, that's, 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 not, that's <laughs> not even close. It's just designed to hurt um, me personally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I swear that wasn't a stab. Well. Um, but, Debatable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about Christian Salem or Michael Hibbard? That's a good question. Who would you take there? Because I probably have Salem as one of those low backs. I would give up Salem to get Hibbard. Yeah, yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, in a in a draft league. Yeah. What about um? This. What about Shannon Hearn or Michael Michael Hibbard? They're Ooh. so high for the, the buy low. That's true. Um, I I actually quite like that trade because Shannon Hearn's been great yeah. this year. So um, who would you want? Oh, to be honest. Gee, that's actually really tough. Michael Hibbert just 
I thought he would improve this week with um, uh, old mate, uh, what, what's his name? I've forgotten his name. Um, the fullback that's come back in. Oh, Sam Frost. Uh, yeah. Sam Frost, that's the one. Um, I thought he would improve. That would free him up a bit. He even mm. tweeted about it. Yeah. Uh, and no, it didn't. Nah. Um, so, yeah, maybe I'd be taking Shannon Hearn at this point, which is sad to uh, say. Yeah. I think I'll still go here, but I don't feel good about it. Mm. Okay, a couple. I, I thought of a couple guys in that sort of range. Yep. Uh, Matt Sharonberg or Michael Hibbard? Uh, probably Michael Hibbard still. See, so, that, yeah, so I feel like we're giving up, whereas if you change that to an 85 back, mm-hmm. uh, that's when I'd start to take the 85 back, like a... I don't know, probably... What about Crisp? Someone like yeah, that. Yeah, I'll go Crisp there. Yeah, you go Crisp there. Yeah. So, or, or even someone like, you know... Oh, what's Heath, Sh- Heath Shaw. What about Ooh, him? Heath Shaw's interesting, actually. I'd probably take Heath Shaw yeah, over so, Me too. So that's yeah. kind of, yeah, the 85 back. That's Anyway, we spent yeah. too long on that. But Way too the, long. The, point, the point's been made. Yeah, so we'll move on to North Melbourne, actually. Um, we've got, you know, they were pretty average scores, to be honest. No one really stood out in this game for North. Uh, ben Cunnington was that really solid. No one stands out in any game for North. No, that's, that's North. It's depressing. No uh, hundreds no. in the whole team, so... It, well, they're just, they've never been a particular How much do you want to touch on North? Like, <laughs> I, I don't even want to go near them, mate. Can, we can just, like, L, LDU, LD useless, LDU, <laughs> like, come on, like, uh, um, One, uh, we already touched on Goldstein, he was pretty poor, but he'll bounce back next week, I have the feeling. Um, yeah, there's not really too Goldstein much. Goldstein was down, yeah, it's yeah. just like... Mm. For salary cap, I suppose the one that I do want to talk about quickly is Ben Jacobs, and uh, he was a great pickup at the start of the season. He's still got a bit of growth to go in him. He's he's still underpriced. Yeah. And he's playing in the guts. I know he's a tagger, but he's one of those taggers that can still score well while he's minding someone else. Actually, and the other thing about Ben Jacobs, which is really relevant, mm. is the fact that he is a good tagger and he will go to the opposite position team. Yeah. When you have someone like Brad Scott, who's this tactical mastermind, oh, Jesus. you're going to... It's going to encounter problems for the opposition. Someone like Clayton Oliver, who I really, really rate as a player, <laughs> Brad Scott, he had the foresight to go, you know what, let's take him out of the game. No other coaches really have that sort of like level of um, ingenuity, you know? So You're not coming back to the podcast <laughs> after that. It's, that's blasphemy on me, mate. All right, we're moving completely on from that game because I don't want to talk about North Melbourne anymore. Um, no offense to North Melbourne fans out there. We'll move on to the Gold Coast Dockers game. Uh, Great game from the Dockers. It was a bit of a shellacking in the end. I don't think Gold Coast really stood a chance. Um, Nat Fife is the big one. Uh, we've actually got a question about Nat Fife later, so I'll, I'll leave yeah, that okay. until then. Good. Um, but Ed Langdon was someone who interested me a little bit for draft leagues. Um, he's He's got that ability to score really well. Yeah. Um, do you reckon he can put it together anytime soon? Yeah, I've been keeping an eye on him. And the thing about which worries me about Ed Langdon is the fact that whilst he's been good, it's been the last two games he's done well in Fremantle wins. I don't know how many of those we'll be seeing this year as no. a pessimistic Fremantle <laughs> yes. supporter. Uh, the thing about Ed Langdon, he has a good outside game. He's good at accumulating. And I think as a mid-forward, is going to be actually a valuable pick in draft leagues mm. and someone you can potentially start. But he's not at the stage where you're going to feel good about it. Well, it's quite interesting for the Dockers, actually. But you've got a tough game this week. So, uh, obviously, you being a Dockers fan... Mm-hmm. Uh, Giants away, so yeah. he's not going to score particularly well then. But no. after that, you've got Bullies at home, West Coast obviously at home, the first yeah. derby, uh, Richmond who have been giving up a fair few points lately, and then St Kilda. So he's got a good run. That's so if you can, good games in a row. You would advise picking him up, I assume. I would almost like someone. There's very uh, a very big likelihood that someone will have taken him already because 110 yeah. normally spikes interest. But if he's still on your waiver wiring uh, redraft leagues, because keeper leagues. 
I, I would assume that he's probably taken in a lot of those. If he's not, if he's, he's not, not jump on him, grab him. Give him yeah. a chance. He, he might develop a little bit further. He'd have year. to be close to our close to our forward of the week if mm. we were recommending. So um, I like it. He's in that good age bracket and he's got a good role. So yeah. um, the talent's there. Let's give it a go. You yeah. can't kick, but we're not playing soccer coach. So. <laughs> Speaking of forwards of the week, actually, Michael Walters scored uh, absolutely nothing in the right. first quarter. Yeah. So Two he, points. Owners would have been having a heart attack. And then he finished yeah. on 106. That is yeah. stupidly good. He's he's incredible. Second, I, second highest averaging forward for I the love year. Him. I brought him in this week, mm. and he was a revelation for me. Yeah. Uh, very, very in, uh, instrumental in my climb up the rankings, humble I will say. Humble brag. <laughs> That's not, not that. humble. It's not it's even that humble There's no humility <laughs> there <brag>. whatsoever. <laughs> um, no, Walters I really like. And mm. if he keeps playing the role which he is... And I believe he will continue that role as long as Ballantyne and Matira stay in the team as the pockets. Yep. He will play midfield time, and he's a he's a difference maker there. Mm. And he goes over 90, he does. no doubt. And it, probably more. He's fantastic. Mm. I'd still, if someone, yeah, look at him in a draft league, chuck out an offer, see what you can, if, if I'd pay up a 90 forward for him, or like yeah. a 100 mid, I'd trade that for him. Mm. Like, um... He, there is a slight injury concern over the hand, but it should be good to go. I think he'll be fine this week. Uh, quick question uh, before we move on. Uh, when, uh, obviously, this is for salary cap as well. Yeah. Uh, when DPP changes come out in a couple of weeks' time, I'm almost 100% positive that Connor Blake is oh, a lock. defender. Absolute lock. Is he top six defender by the end of the year? Because I on the oh. on the averages that he's doing, I he's wouldn't say that he is. He's, he's borderline. He's very borderline. I would say... Based on what he has produced so far, no. Mm. But I don't think he's far off. And he's probably in that 6-10 to 10 bracket. Because before the start of the season, a lot of people were saying he is the number one lock after he gets DPP status in salary cap. Yeah. He is like one of the guys that you the need The thing about have. him is Nathan Wilson and Luke Ryan are taking some of that plus one rebounding role. Mm. So they're kind of sharing it between them, whereas last year he was just that guy. Yeah. The downside, though, is that, uh, yes, they are taking some of that off of him, but they're not scoring well either. I watched this game, and Luke Ryan looked like he was everywhere, like absolutely everywhere. He was in everything. Oh, he was fantastic. But he only got 71 points. Yeah, he gave... Um, like, yeah, he, I think he got hit at one stage as well. He caught mm. a bit of a... He got winded quite hard. Um, yeah, he did. I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be panicking about Luke Ryan. If, if you were one of the people who traded him in last week, mm. don't, don't worry about it. Um, I still like him. Yeah. Quickly talk about the kids as well. Uh, Banfield, Chera, and Brayshaw. They were all pretty poor this week, to be honest. Mm. Brayshaw really saved himself in the last quarter because he was doing awful. I think it was on about 18 uh, until three-quarter yeah, time. You, but... um, and then he got just uh, a couple of cheap plus sixes mm. in the back line. Well, I actually think the two biggest takeaways from this game are actually two of those real young guys in Bailey Banfield and Alex Pierce. Mm. They've shown in consecutive weeks now that they are fantasy... <clears throat> Killers in the sense that if they match up on your guy who you own, they, oh, yeah. will, <laughs> they will ruin them. Uh, Bailey Banfield's been fantastic, as we'll get to, of Aaron Hall. Mm-hmm. 14 points. And then Zach Merritt last week, who got about the 70, but the way he got them was mm. terrible in his game against Freo. And Alex Pierce has kept Joe Danaher to no goals, Charlie Dixon to no goals, I believe, and mm-hmm. Tom Lynch to one goal, which was scored when Alex Pierce went elsewhere and Hamling was on him. He's so, new Crowley, isn't he? He's new Crowley. Yeah, these two guys are the new, not not Crowley and McFarlane. That's way too high to oh, steam. Geez. But they're, they're they're very they're going to help they're going to help that team out a lot. Yeah. 
And you don't want to say Crowley and Dawson either because that's too much of an insult to Pierce. I feel like oh, <laughs> Dawson was a name I'd erased from my memory. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I brought it back. Um, Chera is another one. Just quickly before we go on, no, he is a great guy for keeper leagues. Yeah, great guy. Him, though, but don't pick him. He's he's just not going to make enough. Um, uh, and also for me, I would hold Brayshaw as well. Oh, I actually, got one other thing. Um, if yeah, if you're in leagues with position changes, as we said, go go target Connor Blakely. I, I know the coach will probably know. But the other one is Stephen Hill. He's played halfback the first two weeks that he's been in the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a mid-end halfback. It's just been clear halfback. He's a very, very good chance to get DPP. Yeah. So keep an eye on him. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the Gold Coast Suns. And I, it's really different to last year because the man mystery himself, Jared Lyons, he's not a mystery anymore. <laughs> Everyone knows about him because he's got 151 points after getting 130 last week. That's just ridiculous numbers. Uh, obviously in draft leagues, this guy is well gone, but in salary cap, you, would you be comfortable bringing him into your midfield? Yes. And, yeah? Yeah, I, I feel, I don't even feel bad about saying that. Yeah? I, I and the, the problem is with the man of mystery, once you bring him onto your field, it's just, there's a vacant space. You can't, you can't see him. But, <laughs> but he's, he's so good. He's doing fantastic. And he's the only really stand-up clearance mid there. Mm. So I like it a lot. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see if Barlow at, uh, at some stage does actually get back into this That'll team. That'll hurt him That'll a lot. Time. But for now, I have no issue with doing that. I love watching this guy also, play or looking for this guy He is he a buy-high draft for me mm. because he is a known... He's not someone someone will feel good about with like the Ed Kerner we keep coming back to. Yep. Someone will be like, I'm selling Jared Lyons high. Buy him high because I think this continues. Yeah, he I even agree. has an 80... Where he got tagged by Ben Jacobs, mm-hmm. which who's ever going to tag Jared Lyons ever again <laughs> in the history of his career? So that actually lowers his score, probably average more than it should be yeah, as well. I agree. Um, we'll go down the list a little bit because, uh, to be honest, it ducks away really. There's quickly not really there. too much else. To the discuss, be- is next there? best after the 151 was 86 from yeah. K. Cole Jasney. So who has been doing all right? He's getting He's been slowly. Okay. He's been back consistent, into it. I think, yeah. this year, yeah, um, which is good to see because a lot of people he had that name recognition in draft mm. leagues after that great first one or two years yeah. and. He just fell off big time after yeah. that. Um, the one I want to talk about quickly is Lockie Weller. Um, improving slightly. Yeah. Uh, because obviously we say all the time, it's going to take a while when you come into a new team to learn your role. Um, he's a, uh, is he a forward? In a, in no, AFL he's fantasy? a back. He's, he's a, a back. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. In AFL fantasy, he is a mid only, I mm-hmm. believe. In ultimate footy, he is a uh, DPP back mid. Yeah, that's, that's the interesting one for me. So someone might have actually got rid of him or might be... Uh, looking to get rid of him, uh, maybe go out and see if you can grab Lockie Weller for something really cheap. Because, because we time and time again see those guys who first come into the team, mm-hmm. and, into a new team, sorry, and it takes them a while to get going. Yeah, it really does. Uh, Nick Holman, he's just getting the job done every mm-hmm. week. You need to hang on to this guy for as long as humanly possible. He's, he's great to watch. <laughs> I don't think the tackle numbers are sustainable, so I could see us trying to ship him off in less than a month. Like, uh, I, I reckon okay. about five to six weeks, to be honest. That's, okay. that's my I reckon three break. or four, so we'll go... We're a little different on his, but yeah. We'll split the middle uh, uh, four or five. Yeah, four or five. five. There we go. Um, Well, the big one for me is Aaron Hall. You brought it up (laughs) earlier. He is the weakest man to watch on the footy field, actually. It's, I mean... I don't know the guy personally, obviously. I don't, I don't want to sound insulting. but oh, You are. You are sounding insulting right now, Christian. But did you watch this game? <laughs> I he, did. He just couldn't get near the ball. And uh, in all fairness to Banfield as well, I mean, the guy, the kid is absolutely great. He's a mature mm. age player. So he's obviously been playing, uh, I think, in the Waffle for a little bit. Or yeah, one year, one year. Yeah, there so. we go. But still, 
you're a, a seasoned like campaigner in the AFL, Aaron Hall. You should be doing better than that on a first year AFL player. I felt like, um, yeah, Hall was shocking. Don't get me wrong, but I felt like Ed kind of, uh, not Ed, Jew, sorry, yeah. gave up before it even started. Like mm. Banfield had been tagging him for like let's say three quarters of the first quarter, yeah, and it it wasn't working, and then. Jew was like, I give up. Let's chuck him in full mm. forward already. And it's like, he didn't really give him enough time to fight through that tag. Mm. It was kind of like game over from the get-go. It's like, oh shit, someone's trying to tag him. That's yeah. it. You know, like... I wouldn't have minded seeing him, to be honest, going off like the back pocket or halfback or something like that. Like, put him in defense and see if he can provide some run out of yeah. there. Whatever. Um, didn't work. <laughs> yeah, just, it, was, <laughs> what they were doing. it wasn't great to see. We'll move on to the next Let's game, do it. shall we? Uh, Sydney GWS, the, uh, the Battle of the Bridge. Uh, it was an alright game, to be honest. Um, the Swans did always look like they had their neck in front mm. at the end of it. Um, but the, the weirdly surprising thing for me is Callum Sinclair's form in fantasy. Is he is sell high? Yeah, for me. For yeah. me, he is too. Yeah, I absolutely. think there's that also that ever-present, like, Darcy Cameron could come in. And he has had a really easy run with some of the rucks that he played against. How well. dare you say that Jonathan Patton is <laughs> not a difficult ruck to burst? How dare I? I, just, I love the fact that these guys both made it into the AFL Player Ratings Team of the Week somehow, that both Patton and Sinclair got in. <laughs> they were playing each, each other, other. <laughs> and Martin didn't get in somehow. That was just insulting to its very core. <laughs> I couldn't deal with that. <laughs> well, yes. Who does those team of the weeks? I, I don't know. Is, it, is, it, is it the ratings? Or? I think it's champion data based on ratings or oh. rankings. That's I think I think I heard Kane Corns have a crack at team of the week. And when Kane Corns has a crack at something, <laughs> it's like he is of all people, you know it's going to be too good. But. To, to be honest, I mean, Kane Corns is a team of the week I read that this week he had Martin in there he, he had did, Tom yeah. Mitchell in there as yeah. well and you know he, that's the one thing he's doing well like some of his takes are a bit out mm-hmm. there but that was yeah he's doing that well it's good to see but Callum Sinclair he has been good I reckon he's definitely a sell high guy because yeah, this is too. not going to last um, Lance Franklin though is going to last He, you need to get him into your side somehow the, before the end of the year for me salary cap wise I think the key word there is before the end of the year though because mm-hmm. you're if you get him yeah you have a top six forward guaranteed yep. but like he's there's no value there right now, and no. there are guys who are cheaper who could go at as high an average. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Like a Walters or a, um, well, McLean. I didn't want to say that. All right, I'm we'll get Robbie Gray could be another yeah. one. There's Mitch Robinson could be another. So mm-hmm. there, there are options there. Yeah, that's true. But just keep in mind, apart from a game at home against the Crows in two weeks, their run is they're playing the Bullies this week. Mm-hmm. They're playing the Cats the week after that, who've been giving up some big scores, yeah, particularly have. the forwards. North Melbourne the week after that. The well, Hawks that, that, the week after that. Points against North. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the Dockers the week after that. Lions, Carlton, uh, St Kilda, West Coast, Richmond, Geelong again, and then North. Their run is just stupidly good for fantasy at the moment. Like... They're not coming up against a lot of the harder teams to score against. Like uh, Melbourne is one in particular who have really been suffocating teams. They have had an easy schedule though, mm. Melbourne, so that might change a bit. When the first yeah, starts. yeah, that's true. But they do have a good run coming up. So Buddy Franklin could you could see this scoring going for the rest of the season. To be honest, he's he just looks so good. Mm. Um, next one I want to talk about is uh, actually Jakey. I want to skip past a few of those guys that are just. So good, and they're good every week. Yeah, Players, Mills like, I'll touch on quickly. He's probably out exceeding what we thought at this stage. And I was I was high on him at the start. Yeah, of the I think year, we were too, but yeah. ninety seven you're very happy with mm. him. He could be he could be real good. Mm, he could. Uh, but skipping past like Josh Kennedy, Isaac oh, Kennedy, yeah, those sorts of guys. Uh Jakey Lloyd was solid, if not spectacular, and again, this was a much harder fought game. And I, I uh bringing back that theory that I said I was gonna mention uh, with the Sydney games, when they play at home at the SCG 
you quite often notice that those seagull-like players, and this brings Lockie Whitfield into it as well, they don't tend to score as highly as your uh, real in-and-under players, like your Josh Kennedys, Luke Parkers, Mm. those sorts of guys. Um, The reason being, the ground is so small. Like, there's a reason why uh, Andrew Gaff, players like that, scored so well at uh, Patterson Patterson Stadium. Um, Um, (laughs) Subiaco. Subiaco. I got used to calling it that. (laughs) I know, it feels weird saying Optus already. At Subiaco. Did you know we have a new stadium in Perth? No, I hadn't heard it. (laughs) Hadn't heard about that yet. Um, So, there's just not enough room for them to float around without being too close to the contest. So, uh, like, Lockie Whitfield was one who massively suffered this week. And he did cop a bit of a tag as well. Mm -hmm. But, to be honest, I saw him running pretty free for some of this game. The ball just didn't get to him and he didn't rack up those cheap Not his sort of game. Not his sort of game. Uh, But just keep an eye out for those uh, free-floating guys when they play at the SCG because they might struggle a bit more than normal. What do you reckon on George Hewitt? I've always liked George Hewitt, to be honest. Um, I... He was dropped this week, uh, which seemed strange. No, he wasn't. He's, he's, he got 19. Was, he could have effectively oh, been dropped. Nick, Nick Newman. Nick Newman yeah. was the one that I was Just, thinking. Um, yeah. George Hewitt scored no, 19. No. So, Complete, yeah, that's kind of... Completely thinking of the wrong guy. I understand why Newman. you mistook him for not being out there. <laughs> no, George Hewitt, we were pretty high on him at the start of the year, uh, and particularly in draft leagues. Um, Would you drop him in the draft league? Well, he's probably going to get dropped from... Sydney's team this week, and Nick Newman really? might be a direct replacement, to be honest. Nick, I would never trust Horse Long with Nick nope. Newman. Because nope. so. <laughs> Nick Newman is a good player. I, I really rate Nick Newman. A lot of people really rate him, and this comes back to the Tom Mitchell thing. How many people rated Tom Mitchell when he was younger at Sydney and said, why aren't you playing him? Yeah. Um, he moves to another team, he comes, becomes the best fantasy player in the competition, and probably this year's Brownlow medalist if this keeps going Oh, man, no, no issue saying that. If he, if he keeps going like no, this... No, I, I agree. He's probably got close to nine votes already. Oh, so, yeah. Eight or nine at the very yeah. least. Um, so, yeah, if he does come out of the side, I probably would drop him, to be honest, in your draft leagues because I just don't have faith after that poor score. I would give him... I would hold him, personally. Until he ne- if he's dropped this uh, week. If though. he's out the team for more than one week, mm. I'd drop him. So if he's out for two, I'd drop him. If he's out for one week, does the Nefal thing and gets 200, yep. which, um, let's be honest, like 100 plus, comes that's back a, into the team. That's a low end score, man. Yeah. <laughs> gets that, comes back in the team and then has that um, that fire in his belly, you know mm. what I mean? Like then, I, I, I'd like to hold him for that reason because I think he could still go at around close to 80. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, cool. No worries. Um, uh, I suppose one saving grace for him is they have two big injuries in Sam Reed and uh, I think Melican is also injured. I mean, Sam moment. Reed is nearly always injured. That's, so. that's just a constant state <laughs> yeah, of being. Yeah, I don't know how much of yeah. <laughs> but those two will be going out, so they probably won't want to make too many changes from yeah. the winning side, at least. So they may give him another go. Mm-hmm. In that case, yeah, I agree with you. Probably hang on to Hewitt for a little bit longer. Okay. Um, on to GWS. Uh, you mentioned Patton, the greatest Ruckman of all time. Um, yeah, if you had him... In your draft league and started him, give yourself well a pat in the back. Well done. And if you, a lot of people actually, because he was underpriced, bought him into salary cap as well. So pat on the back for that as well. That, yeah. that was a great call. Um, I think that Dawson Simpson comes in this week with oh, Lobb really? being injured. Yeah, is is Lob out though? I think Lob. I think Lob will be out. I think this is one of those, uh, you know. The coaches may say, oh, he'll be right this week, or oh, he'll be a test. But He's it's... been poor. He, Rory Lobb's been, in my opinion, poor. We he agree has. on this. Yes. Matt was the 
owner of Lobs, so he was defending his player with, yeah. you know, quite a bit of bias in his eyes, you know. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> but no, Lob has been really poor this year. It's the, That's just a matter and of And he had no preseason. Like, uh, there was an, there's another very high-profile player, uh, Jack Billings, who had no preseason. Oh, Jesus. And look what he's doing right now. Well, that's who the next we will game. Get to, well, yeah. That's the next game. Uh, so, yeah, Jonathan Patton for me, uh, I don't think he's going to be scoring this highly because I reckon Simpson will be coming in this week um, because Lobby is underdone. Like, I reckon he could honestly use some of the Apple time to get his confidence up as well. Um, Stephen Cornelio just getting the job done. He's what, a, what a champion. How good is he? He's an absolute legend. Uh, we'll skip past a couple of them there. Um, actually, someone, sorry, from the Sydney side of things, I quickly uh, realised that I missed. Lukey Parker, 71. Uh, He's done two weeks in a row. It's, these are just Luke Parker things. Because he, he has big games where he consistently strings together quarters. But in other games, you just don't know if Horse Longmire is going to chuck him up forward for like half a game. Um, and he was, I think he was on about 60 or something, or 56. It was ridiculous. At half time. And then he's gone and gotten about 20 and a half. Yeah. And that's because they played him at full forward, essentially. I wouldn't be trading him out, though. No, I no, think no, no, there's no, no. got to be way more pressing issues. And oh. he's not dishing up that. You know, terrible scores. It's not terrible. Um, Someone who's going down in price in a big way is Josh Kelly, though, from uh, GWS. Um, You hold him. uh, You hold him if you've got him, but if you don't, jump on him when he bottoms out because he is a class player. He won't, yeah, he's not bottoming out to the extent of what Zach Merritt, Dave Zorko, Taylor Adams will. Those are guys I would be prioritizing because I think there's more value once they bottom out personally. But Kelly is definitely someone who will be in that eight at the end of the year, that that top eight midfield. But he'll also he may be a bit more of a POD because everyone will be at one stage trying to get merit if he comes back into form. Trelaw, Zorko, those guys into their team. Oh, I totally agree. Really but cheap. at the same time, I, I, give me the Zach Merritt in 150k. It's like yeah, for me. <laughs> yeah, Josh true. Kelly. Good point. Um, uh, another one there is well. Jacob Hopper coming back into the team. Uh, I mean, obviously, good if you own him in a keeper league. You mm. probably shouldn't have him in a draft league for this year. In a draft, depending how deep it is, it's not a bad he's acquisition. A, he's a, a mid only. Yeah, in, uh, it's got to be really deep. It's got to be like a twelve team, six mid starting. Yeah. Then then he's and then hope for an injury to mm. like Callum Ward or something. Yeah, know? I gotcha. Well, don't hope for an injury. Don't be that guy. But, but, but the downside is the effect it had on Tim Taranto. I mean, uh, Fantasy Freako tweeted out and uh, just mentioned how many uh, centre clearances yeah. Taranto was at compared to uh, last week. He took a lot of them from it. Taranto also was... There was way too much hype going around for a guy who played the Bulldogs and Colin. Oh, it was huge. It was... Yeah. Um, you shouldn't have expected these sort of massive scores. What, what did you expect him to be Clayton Oliver 2.0? Like, it wasn't going to happen. Oh, obviously yeah. not. But I did expect more than what he just up this week, which is 52. Yeah, I think him in a tough game like this, mm. um, I think GWS from memory have a pretty cruisy schedule for yeah. a little bit longer. But So he'll be fine still. Um, but fine for if he's going at eighty five, you should be over the moon. So I don't, mm. I don't understand why some people are expecting this ninety plus. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you, there's, there's always fans like that. I exactly, guess, yeah. there's people with too much expectations. Uh, Lockie Whitfield, we'll talk about quickly before we move on to the next game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did get cop a bit of a tag. Like I mentioned before, I think the SCG really does hold a lot of those free playing. Yeah, uh, players back. You have him, right? Yeah, I do have Lockie Whitfield. Yeah, See, yeah. Uh, in salary cap he'll, as well. I bought right. him last week. I reckon. He, I mean, obviously, he's going to get DPP status. See, I don't think he obviously will. Oh, he will. He's... He was, but when they changed his role because of the tag this mm. week, 
he wasn't playing that halfback the whole game. Well, I think that he's played enough back. He has played a lot, that... but there's two more weeks still. That's so true. That's true. If he plays wing the next two weeks, he ain't getting it. You know? Ooh, I, I reckon if he plays wing, he's playing uh, a wing moving off of the halfback. Okay, right? like yeah, they're not going to move him uh, into a pure mid slash forward sort of role mm-hmm. to muck up those uh, those numbers. I think his heat map will still reflect that he's been in the back line for most of this first five rounds before DPP changes. Well, come to out. be honest, I think a couple of the AFL fantasy boys have him. So yeah, true. You can count on that happening. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the Saints Adelaide game. Um, Oh, gee, I, I know who you want to talk about, and it's who I want to talk about as well, but we'll go through the other players first. Well, no, we, I think we got plenty of questions on Billings too. So do we? Yeah, okay, we well, yeah. that's who so we want to talk we about. Can, we, we'll go to put him to the back of the queue like Adam Troll. And Nat Fife as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, for Adelaide, I mean, Gibbs is the guy that I would most want to have in my midfield at the moment, aside from Tom Mitchell. With the Crouch brothers out, yeah. he's number two, you reckon? Yeah, he's number yeah, two. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. I maybe I think I might have danger ahead of him, but he's top three for me. Mm. Yeah, okay. I, he's that good. He's incredible. He just looks so consistent. I mean, it's... He doesn't look as good as the man bun, though, don't you reckon? I reckon he looks much better without the man bun, mate. The man bun was just holding it I thought it was like a sleek look, you know. (laughs) Again, the sarcasm. You're just dripping with it. (laughs) I liked it. No sarcasm there. Uh, uh, Rory Laird, he's just a champion. But at some stage, a team is going to pay attention to him. And I, I haven't actually seen him work through a hard tag in the back line. So it'll be interesting to see when a team decides to lock down on him. All the first three rounds, he's been left to roam free, and he's one of the big reasons that the Crows are so far ahead. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, Seedsman, great yeah. pick. Great pick, he's, if any of you took him. He's been awesome this year, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and with, with Laird there, like we just said, no one's going to look at Seedsman coming out of the back line. No one's going to put a hard tag into him. So, you know, this could go on for a long time. Yeah, it's going to go on for probably the next... Until his next injury. So, yeah. you know, any week, any, any time between 1 and 20 weeks. Just but, you know, like... Cross your fingers and uh, grit your teeth. It's going to happen at some stage. Um, Rory Atkins. Uh, good game this week. I, a lot of people have jumped off him very, very quickly. Uh, but... That's, yeah, there's a reason for that, I reckon. He's, he's really up and down. But in for draft leagues, like, this guy could be something. No, I don't. I don't buy you, it personally. Don't have, don't no, have he's not good enough. He, he's an he's an outside player, mm-hmm. and he's not an accumulator for me. Okay. So I, I would not touch him in any league. Okay, I hear. You, I hear. You. Um, what do you think, though? Like, I, I, just, I, I honestly <laughs> think he's one of those guys that you just always think is going to come on. Like, remember Adam Tomlinson from GWS? Like, to, uh, He's one of those guys you've always thought will come on. <laughs> one yeah, of those oh, guys oh, everyone's always thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one of those guys a lot of people think okay, are going to yeah, come yeah. on. And Tomlinson, he always looked like that sort of guy that would jump up and be fantasy relevant at some stage. Yeah. But he hasn't been. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, he's been a little bit better. Yeah. But I still wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. So, and that's not very far. He's a big guy. No, nah, he's a big dude. So uh, <laughs> um, we'll move on. Is there anyone else that you want to talk about particularly? Tom Lynch, uh, uh, he was a hold. And, he's and a good... Leagues. 88's very good in your first game. Great first game. We know Sloan can't handle tags. Mm-hmm. That's that's not new information. I I think Richard Douglas actually. Uh, we you, you said Atkins. I'm going to go Douglas. I like as the redraft pickup okay. for the, the guy with the Crouch Brothers out. Um, I think Ellis Yolman and Greenwood were two that people expected. Yeah. And I was in that mindset too. But Douglas came in and he was the third in a lot of center bounces and he played really, really well. He did. Didn't so he? I quite like him until Matt Crouch is back. Yeah, sure. Um, 
Well, yeah, I want to move on to the Saints, Back actually. Uh, Seb Ross is... <laughs> he's Seb Ross, yeah. yeah exactly. Shane Savage, though, is one that not a lot of people did start the year with. Some did. They took the risk. Uh, I think you did, did you? I was one of those, yeah. yeah. you are one of those. And he's paying handsome dividends at the moment. Um, St Kilda is sucking big time. We've all noticed. Oh, they are. But They're one terrible. thing that they're very good at is chipping the ball horizontally over 20 metres in the back line, which doesn't really do much for your real-life game. No. But it does well for your Shane Savage and your, um, who are they, Jack Noons yeah. and these other guys. Dylan Robertson hasn't been that great, but he should be a beneficiary of this game plan eventually. Yeah. Uh, well, the other one uh, I just want to mention as well is uh, Nick Coffield, yeah. who's a great pickup this week. And Love it. He's a, I don't know why he wasn't playing round one. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nick Caulfield is just really clean, composed, and they want to get the ball into his hands as well. Yeah. So, like you were saying with those uh, cheap 20-meter kicks in the back line, he'll be a recipient of a fair he's few the of those. O- That's the only reason he'll be relevant, isn't like a first-year player. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That, that game plan, he's walked into a very good situation yeah. for scoring. I reckon he's got a solid 70 to 75 is average. Is he easy. a must-trade in this week? I reckon so, yeah. I'm, I'm moving heaven and earth to get Nick Caulfield. I agree. I agree. I think he is as close as there is to a lock, even though he's expensive, mm-hmm. I think you have to get him because the job security, in my opinion, is there. Yeah. Um, another one is uh, Luke Dunstan. So he wasn't included for the first two games, just like Nick Caulfield. Another yeah. weird decision by Alan mm-hmm. Richardson. Uh, he comes back in and spanks out a 100. He was really good. Um, yeah. He had moments, and this is always a bit of the problem with Luke Dunstan, <laughs> is sometimes his disposal isn't quite up to standard, but he had a, a good game for the most part here mm-hmm. with a few errant kicks here and there. I think he's done enough to hold his spot on the side, personally. Oh, I think he has as well. Um, in draft leagues, he's an interesting one, though, because he may have actually been on a lot of waiver wires because, uh, uh, you know, obviously coming back in for your first mm. game, being excluded for the first two games, uh, people who may have drafted him, you know, mid-tier towards yeah. uh, those later rounds might have dropped him. Yeah. Um, if he's somehow still on your waiver wire, if you've got a late pick-up date, go out and grab Luke Dunstan. And this shows that... Those people who aren't playing round one or mm. aren't playing and you believe will crack into the best 22, they represent significant value because they're priced at unders. Uh, Dunstan, I think Mitch Wallace was one of those guys. Nick Newman is currently one of those guys, along with Jordan Degoe. Yeah, Those are the sort of guys I would be going out and trying to trade, especially if the person you're get, trying to get them from has had a slow, sluggish start mm. and needs points now. Go out and get that deal done because when these guys come back, they're real difference makers. Agreed. Um, want to move on to the Sunday games. Uh, Richmond Hawthorne was the first one up there. Uh, there were, to be honest, apart from one man, and we all know who it is, there weren't great scores in this game. Um, there were some pretty middling scores. Richmond aren't really that relevant, apart from uh, apart yeah, from Tommy man, Mitchell, talk, yeah. apart from Tommy Mitch. Um, yeah, uh, Richmond themselves. It is a little bit of a merry-go-round. We say that every week. Trent Cotchin doesn't score at 100 a week. Uh, we, we've known that for years, and he can get tagged and get put out of games entirely. Um, Basher Hawley's one that I do like, mm-hmm. uh, particularly for draft leagues, but he did have a really bad first couple of games. If he can keep this scoring going for a couple of weeks, he will. his price will bottom out in salary cap, yeah. and I don't mind you bringing him uh, in. The other thing about Basho is he had a really slow start last year, I believe, mm. as well. Maybe it may have been the year before. So he's a really good buy-low candidate in draft leagues. Yeah. I know he's had one good score, but you can still get him for unders. Mm. Well, another guy, uh, we've said it already, uh, that you think could come on at any stage, but he just hasn't quite done it yet. Nick Floston. Um, <laughs> our mate Nick is pretty high on uh, Floston, uh, and... 
Yeah, not high enough to hold him though. No, he has dropped he, him. Has he dropped? Flossen? He dropped Vlostone, and this oh. is what kills me: is uh, <laughs> the guy who picked up Vlostone in our league started him on his bench, oh. got him to fill in for Caleb Marchbank, who didn't hit the thirty-five oh, percent what time. A lucky, lucky. And man. I lost by one point. Well, that hurts. One inside. point. <laughs> So we'll, we'll put that all to play, Big Dick, there, shall we? As, as, isn't that what we do with everything? Yeah, yeah that's true. Right. That's pretty much this entire podcast. Um, so, you know, Floston, for draft leagues, he does have a fantasy game about him when he's played in the right role. Yeah, I like him as a waiver pickup, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, me too. If, um, he played the plus one at, towards the back end of last year. Um, I think 80 is attainable, but don't, that doesn't mean he's going to average 80. I just yeah. think there's, there's the chance that he does. Um, Dusty Martin, what... The hell happened? Well, I know what the hell happened. I watched this entire game. He was playing literally as full forward for a, a good two thirds of this game. He was the deepest forward, um, and particularly last week after kicking five goals, I think um, uh, that they were pretty happy to stick him up there as one of their number one targets. Is he a DPP chance? I don't think he is because he's too big a name. That's I, what I agree. I with. don't think that they would put him as a forward because everyone would. Totally agree. I think he actually deserves it, though. Oh, yeah. I think he deserves it, but too. But they won't give it but to him. But they won't give it to him because I, I think that even though his heat maps might say mm-hmm. that, yes, he has been up forward and started up yep. forward a fair bit, they will say, well, There's I, a guy in the net. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah we, can't, we can't dilute it mm-hmm. with this pick because it's someone that everyone will need to have. Um, yeah, I had, there's a guy in the next game, uh, Marcus Bondapelli, who mm. we'll get to, and I feel the exact same way about him. He yeah. definitely should get it, uh, but... I, feel, I don't think I feel do the it. opposite way. So I'll, I'll we'll get oh, to that in a second. So Dusty Martin, he had a poor game this game. Uh, he really saved it because they put him into the guts towards the end of the game um, when it started to get a little bit tighter. Who would think putting your best player in the guts I know. could help your team win? I, I just have absolutely just... no idea. Uh, and just before we move on to the Hawks, Jack Higgins, uh, who was awesome in the post-match interview as yeah. well. He's a little champion. Um he, he had 51, but he did need two snags together, um, yeah. as, as he says. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to score particularly well. No, they're going to play him there either, yeah. so. No job security. They're going to play him in a pure forward pocket role, which is not going to be great. When he's played in the guts, he's going to be an amazing fantasy player. He, uh, this kid has something. I don't know if he w- will get to that stage, but I hope he does. I really hope they put him in the guts. He could almost be a Tom Mitchell-like player. <laughs> No, no, in terms of yeah, leaving and going to another club, because Richmond have so many of those young midfield-type players, mm-hmm. he might not get to play, uh, and he might be overshadowed for many years to come in the midfield, which means that he may need to free himself up and move to another club in three, four years' time. Interesting. And play, you know, as the number one or number two midfield. At the same time, though, they well, have early call, early call. Yeah, very early yes. call. He, he could always, if he the talent's there, he can become the guy who's the third midfielder there. Mm. Like, or the fourth. Or the, you can... Because they've got Prestia, they've got Caddy, they've got, you know, Castagna, Butler, um, bloody uh, Short, um, Graham, uh, Lambert going through there. They've just got so many of the similar types. Yeah, but the Bulldogs had that and they've still managed to have <laughs> certain guys who eventually... That's true, there are three or so four. Don't count him off. And he could get that perfect um, thing, which mm-hmm. getting enough forward time to retain forward, but enough mid-time to score well. And yeah. that's, that's ideal. Yeah, uh, going over to Hawthorne, I mean, we won't... Oh, Jesus Christ. If if you didn't have Tom Mitchell in your side, in your salary cap team at the start, if you're one of those people that are waiting for him to drop in price, I don't think that's going to happen. You you have to move heaven and earth to get him. And you honestly do. You just need to. Jeopardize... I, I would... 
if you're in a situation where you had to like downgrade a premium to like a cockfield mm-hmm. to upgrade another premium to him, I would do that. He's that much of a difference maker. Oh, he's too good. Um, the other one I want to talk about is right down the opposite end, Ryan Burton. <laughs> oh, <cute>. um, <laughs> he is your boy. You've had, you loved this man last year. And I don't know if you've broken up. I don't know if you're on the rocks at the moment. It's, uh, we're on a break. Okay. We're on a break. All right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's still too soon. Like, <laughs> don't, tell, don't talk about it. <laughs> Ryan Burton, he was played up forward for a fair bit of this game. I saw him in the forward pocket, which just confused the he, hell he out He did of me. play mostly back, though. Mm. Mostly back. So um, don't panic too much, owners. And we're not getting defensive. We're not. Um, he, he was a back. Okay. Just want to clarify <laughs> Your that. eyes are just darting around. You're so upset. Uh, this guy... Where do you keep the tissues? In this, <laughs> this guy has... He's got a great fantasy uh, ability. Mm. He just needs to be played in the right role. Yeah. Um, and, you know, last year, was was that his first full year? Yeah, it was. He, he played like two games in his first. This could be a second-year Blues sort of situation, and it yeah. does happen to a lot of first-year players or second-year players. Definitely. Once come back. So here's the question. Do mm. you... Hold him in a redraft league. No, not in a redraft league. I would drop him and and try and pick up something else. You're probably not going to get anything for him, to be honest. Okay, I I actually would disagree, but mm-hmm. I do see that point, and a lot of people have that opinion that you have. Yeah. The thing I have is in redraft leagues, I'm playing for the win. I'm not playing to get a decent enough team to get me third. Yeah. I want to hold as many lottery tickets or high upside guys as I can. And with Alistair Clarkson, he's the guy who could tinker one thing a little bit and mm-hmm. get Burton back to his role. Yes, Burton could stay on your bench and get you 50 all year. Yep. But if he gets back into that role, you have an 85 back. And you're not. it's going to be very difficult for you to find an 85 back on mm-hmm. the waivers. So, But here's the thing. If you drafted Burton as your second or third defender yep. because he was that good last mm-hmm. year, and the bench guy that you drafted is woeful and your waiver wire is there's just no good defenders... Drop the bench guy. Yeah, so I you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. I understand your point, and I understand that some people need to get in a win now mm. perspective. But I think what's the point of selling everything to get to the finals when you can't win it? It's re- yeah, it's really hard. So you can take the gamble and keep him in, which I agree that is a good idea. Yeah. But at the same point, if you're wallowing through the mire, he's doing terribly. He's not scoring high enough, and that continues for two months. Mm. You know, that's really... It makes it really difficult yeah, to hold that. it really has. Uh, the one thing about that also, though, he's gone, I think, like an average of about 30-something <laughs> in three games now. Yeah. He's going to bottom out hard in AFL Fantasy. Ooh. You're going to have to have massive cojones to pick him. I, I, To be honest, I've been keeping an eye on him because at some stage, like you say, yeah. Alistair Clarkson might tinkle with something, might change his role up a little bit, and as soon as that happens, if he goes back to a, even a 75 to 80 average... Yeah. Uh, he will be cheap as chips. And it's a month away, guys. Don't don't start planning it now, oh, but God, keep no. an eye on him. Monitor him yeah. in games. Yeah. Uh, I want to move on to the uh, Bullies, Essendon. Yeah, game. let's do it. Uh, Essendon were just woeful. This is a really poor start to the, the season. The Bulldogs suck. Let's clarify that. The yeah. Bulldogs aren't very good this year. No. And Essendon looked dreadful <laughs> in this game. so bad. <laughs> they made the Bulldogs look like a top eight team. Yeah. And, I mean, the Bullies, they they did look really good in this one. The biggest fish of all was uh, Lockie Hunter. Um, are, you, are you a fan of bringing Lockie Hunter into a salary cap team? I've heard so many people saying that they are chasing Lockie Hunter because he has gone uh, about 108, 118, and now 148. So what does that price him at? I'm going to just actually have a look. Yeah, have, have so a little bit of a look. As I at, uh, do my research on the fly. Yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> well, 
Lockie Hunter, the trouble for I me. I know you love him, so yeah, mm. go on about it. Yeah. Well, Lockie, uh, just to let you know, he's the fourth highest averaging mid at the moment, which yeah. puts him above Jared Lyons, Jack mm-hmm. McRae, Seb Ross, Jack Stephen, those sorts of guys. Yeah. Um, he's averaging 125. Okay, so I've got him. He's at seven hundred nine thousand at the moment, which means he is underpriced. Like his if price he goes at that, yes, yeah. Well, realistically, what have you got to do to maintain that? You've got to have. So an he's about at hundred, I think. Yeah, about a hundred. Do you think he could average hundred and five plus for the rest of the season? I think he can. Mm. I don't think he will. What yeah. do you think? It's tough to say because he is a wingman. Yeah. And at some stage, wingmen drop off. I've owned Lockie Hunter for years in our Keeper League. I had yeah. one glorious year where I, it was incredible. Um, he was he was my favorite young player. It was it was. <laughs> it's a like you're speaking one. about like a your girlfriend or yeah, something right now. I haven't, I haven't seen you this way with her. Like, Lockie well, Hunter comes up. Oh, and oh mate, I'll, it's I'll, lucky there's a desk blocking some I've, views. I've, I've got a few stories about Lockie Hunter, mate. Um, but yeah, he's he's got that ability. But the trouble is when really hard to say because I was going to say when the Bulldogs start tapering off, you know, he might score, poor, uh, st- score poorly, but he's had two good scores in their losses so far this well, year. Do you want to hear a theory, Christian? Mm. I love a good theory. Go for it. Remember last year I came here when we had about 10 listeners and I said, you know what, the inside mids as the year picks up and yep. it gets rainy and it get, the wet weather comes in, those contested players, mm-hmm. they build their scores. The Josh Kennedys of the world, the Ollie Wines and Matt Crouches. Yep. The opposite, I feel, happens for um, halfbacks and wingmen who rely on cheap ball. Mm -hmm. So Lockie Hunter and Jared Polak and Andrew Gaff are Mm. the sort of guys who often start the year very hot. They do. You're looking at them as you are right now. There's a bit of a glimmer in your eye. Do you love it? Do you love it? Lockie Hunter, come into my team. You know, you look real good sitting next to Tom Mitchell. And then all of a sudden, the scores drop off. That's true. Now, it's not going to be a remarkable difference. I'm talking like a five-point difference, if that. But it is enough uh, for cause for concern, mm. in my opinion. Uh, yeah, it is it is really, really tricky. I do, uh, like you say, much prefer to have those tough inside guys. In yeah. my team. Tom Mitchell obviously being the number one, but mm-hmm. um, you know Zach Merritt, when he, when he was in his prime, he was supposed to be a safe pick, and that's why I liked him, because he's always in the... The guts I was the one of the few who didn't have Zach Merritt. Yeah, which is, why, which is why you're top, one of the top, I think. Yeah, um, so. so we'll, we'll get to that in a sec. But uh, but yeah, Brody's Law is uh, is really coming into effect here. So uh, you get a uh, rule made up for you, mate. That's a, I, I love that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's drop that as often as possible. Yeah, um, also, completely forget about it if it doesn't hold me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack McRae, he's, he's been great all year. He's an option. Yeah, he's he an option, really yeah. is an option. Um, Bailey Williams. That's uh, a good one. That's that's really interesting. I mean, we've had Bailey off for quite a while, and Dale didn't do great this game. He got 69, which is solid as a forward. Scrap the Bailey off, Christian. But the, no one oh, is sitting geez. out there going, gee, I, re- I really want to go out of Bailey Dale and Bailey Williams, who they recommend this week. But this, this, come on, Williams, come the, on. The Bailey off is keeping me going right now, mate, uh, with, the ter- with how terrible my salary cap team is doing. Um, but Bailey Williams looks solid off half-back. He could be an interesting draft Look, I didn't do waivers this week, but mm. he would have been probably my back of the week or very close to it. Yeah, uh, He's someone I liked, um, mm-hmm. I think, pre-season quite a bit. Uh, if the Bulldogs do well, I have faith that he actually can go at 80 or yeah. even tick over that. The thing is, I don't think the Bulldogs will do well. So I think he's going to be a fifth back bench option. Yep. What do you sort of think? Yeah, no, I agree. I uh, agree. That's in draft. I should clarify yep. the sort of guy. Fifth back. So if you're in 10-team league, that's between your 40th and 50th back. Over, I agree. Kind of. yep. 
So, um, so uh, just want to do three quick fire guys. Toby McLean, your man. More mid time. Tom Liver out. I am all about him as a fantasy player. Looks as awesome. a person, I'm sure he's very lovely, but I don't like the way he seems to shrug. Oh, yeah, there's been a bit of a debate. Do we go shrug? <laughs> so or you're on the Alistair duck? Clarkson side of the page, are you, mate? <laughs> well, he's it's... in my team, so I think that's how it works. It's called shrugging if they're in your team, but if it's the opposite team, like Joel Selwood, Alistair Clarkson would be like, serial ducker. Yeah. He's, oh, he's the worst. 100%. But <laughs> no bias. No bias. Whatsoever. No, no, none whatsoever. Um, not, a, not salty at all. What do you uh, think of him? I like Toby McLean yeah. fantasy this year. He's still underpriced. He looks really, really good. Uh, like you say, with Liver out, yeah. um, he's going to get a ton of midfield time. Um, Tim English, great hold. Um, he's Play him on your field. At, almost, yeah. I I mean, obviously, if you've got Todd Goldstein, like as someone who did poorly this week, don't play him over Goldstein oh, no, no. or something like that. But if you've started the year for some reason uh, in salary cap with only one top Ruckman, or if you're in a draft league with two Rucks, no issue with playing Tim English. Oh, also, I should clarify, I have Tim English as a forward, personally. Oh, yes. So, that's a bit different. And one move which um, people could look at this week, Liam Ryan is out for 10-12. If you want to trade him out and then bring um, Tim English into your forward line to play on the field, I like that move quite a bit. Well, I've actually got something else which I'll bring up next, which I would much prefer to do. Um, So, uh, that was my second guy. The third one that I wanted to talk about was Bontempelli. You mentioned before that you don't think he'll get forward status. No, I said I think he'll get forward. Oh, sorry. I said I think that he should get forward status. But you don't think they will. No, I'm starting to think they will because the scores have been That's down it. a bit. That's so my point. So he's not a must-have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Bontempelli, he's not jumping out with a... You know, Dusty still has just over 100-point yeah. average, even though there's that one poor game. But Bontempelli is averaging really poor. It's really hard to ignore that... The forward time he's getting also. Yeah, true. So I think that he will get DPP status. And if he does, he will be put into the midfield at some stage during this year. Yeah. And you'll have to have him as a forward. So just look at that in the long run. Uh, we'll move over onto the Bombers. There's really not much to talk about here. The highest score was 91 from Zaharakis, um, who is a good solid draft player. I mean, we all know about him. Uh, Heppel's slipped completely. We've talked about his start to the year, and he's been terrific for the first two rounds, but he wasn't going to keep that up all year. Uh, and then the next best after that is 75 from Joe Danaher. This was just a woeful performance by him. Yeah, if anyone saw his bloody play on in the goal square at oh the end of the game God, as well, that was then awful. I don't um, play super coach, but that should be a negative 50 right there. <laughs> so can you overall score negative four a game? I don't know if that's possible. No. But if you could, yes for that. Just, I think even Joe Danaher was shaking his head at himself. Yeah, that. definitely. Um, There's no one to touch on, really. Is no, it no, Zach there, Merritt? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just talk quickly about Zach Merritt. If you have him in your salary cap team, you need to get rid of him immediately. Oh, man. Don't, there's no chance you can hold him. It's really tough because I was actually, I didn't have him, but I was on board with the DT Talk boys last week mm. when I thought the Banfield tagging was a one-off and I felt, look, against the Bulldogs, they're going to kill it yeah. and he'll get back to his best. I was wrong on that call. He's getting tagged. People have noticed he's susceptible to yeah. it now, and he's—you've actually got to cut your losses, which he's is horrific. Making money. He's, he's going to go down another hundred k. Oh, easily. So I—you just need to get rid of him while there's still at least a tiny bit of value, and you could look to get a little bit of cash into your side somehow, um, and uh, and yeah, maybe try and go up to a lucky hunter or something like that. Um, so we'll move on to the next game now. Here we uh, go. Last game of the round, West Coast and Geelong. Another cracker. This was a really good game, actually. I mean, geez, uh, West Coast, my team needed bloody three injuries to happen before we could actually get over the line. But, yeah. you know, they did it. You can only do what you're presented with. So uh, 120 from Gaff. We all know what he'll deliver. And Brody's Law, just like you were mentioning earlier, I don't think he's going to continue like this for the rest of the season. 
uh, especially when it starts to get a bit wet or a bit colder. Um, Dom Sheed, even though he couldn't kick accurately to save his life, uh, was actually pretty good. So Yeah, he, a very um, good bounce-back game for him. Mm-hmm. I know owners in draft would have been pretty worried after his two yeah. woeful games. Big one for me was Jake Waterman. I think he's a must get into your side this week. Really? I really do. It's more, what, okay, Waterman or Caulfield? No, I'd go, uh, those are the two trades that I would be looking to. But if you have to go one or the other. I'll go Caulfield. Um, But Waterman, negative 19 break even at the moment. Here's a point though, sorry to interrupt, is that Caulfield, you can potentially get next week. Let's say he goes up 30k. Yeah. Waterman. Waterman, you probably can't because even if Waterman gets up 50 to 60, he's he's going up as well. Uh, The thing is with Waterman, he looked like, and I know a lot of commentators have said this, he is playing almost a a Tom Lynch sort of role. Mm. So that's what's really interesting to me. He's got a bit of a tank. Yeah, so he's running up and down the ground. He's getting touches further up. He doesn't need a lot of goals to get there. I mean, he only got one behind for this game, and he got 96. Yeah. That's what looked interesting. So you think he's an option for Liam Ryan down to? Because we'll touch on Liam Ryan. Yeah. So he's one. I personally like the other guy in this game, Asaba Radigalia. (laughs) Big Sav. He... The thing I like about that is if you, and I, I said I'd bring this up from last game, if you have Tim English in the ruck lineup yeah. and you bring Sav into your forward line, mm-hmm. he will 100% be getting ruck status DPP oh, in no two doubt. weeks' time. No doubt, my mind. Which means you have a flipping ability for Tim English. You can actually bring Tim English into your forward line and play him on the field if you've got some of those lower performing rookies on there. Okay. If you're because, like you say, playing Tim English on your field as a forward, that's a really, really good option that you've got available to you. But a lot of people would have brought him in as a ruck, and you don't have that ability to switch yeah. him up. Um, so, yeah, for me, I really like having those floating ruckmen. Uh, yeah, it's really handy. Forward line. So I have Frampton, but even he doesn't get a game with right around. Exactly, so. which means you're so if uh, Frampton doesn't come in this week, you're essentially holding someone who's not going up in price. Oh no, but it's your ruck bench. I don't really mind too much. Yeah, we've yeah. been really fortunate with the cash cows this year True. to have a lot of guys who will go up and down. Mm. Um, currently, hopefully, they keep coming throughout the year. I've heard word uh, that Darcy Cameron might actually be coming in this week. For yeah, for Sam Reid. So, so that'll be very interesting mm. to see because he's obviously bottom priced and he's going to go up. In He's playing. Thoughts on Redden? Uh, no thoughts on Redden. I, I don't want to hear that name again. That oh, this is. Yeah. If you had him in draft, what would you do? Oh, drop him almost. You would uh, drop Jack I, Redden. I would. No, no, that's probably an overreaction. I own Jack Redden in the keeper league, and I drafted him with my first pick in this year's top up draft. Sorry, I didn't quite hear that. Can you can you repeat that last? No, I'm not going to repeat that. Because it it just it tastes bad on my tongue. I just can't. <laughs> I don't want to say those words again. And he's just been woeful. I, no one would have expected it to be this bad. No, no. I was high on him personally. I was also high on him, obviously. And yeah, it's it's just been confusing the way that he's blown he out. He falls it. into that um, Ryan Burton territory for me mm. where is, I feel like it could change at any time. That's true. Um, the uh, Obviously, Liam Ryan, we were just talking about, he's out for 10 to 12 weeks. You need to get him out of your side. Um, I Matt, like the radicalia. Personally. I like that trade. I like uh, Waterman as well. That's a good trade, I think. Um, I was talking with a friend um, who has James Sicily, mm-hmm. and I think it's really good if you can move out Ryan and switch Sicily to the forward line and bring in Caulfield. I think that is a fantastic trade. If yeah. you can pull that off. Yeah, that's that's a brilliant trade. Um, the uh, An interesting thing for me is Elliot Yo. <laughs> he's just he's gone and burnt everyone it was amazing honestly I think I was um, sorry for the brag again but I was sitting I reckon about 
a hundredth before this game started. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, there's so many Elliot Yo owners. I'm going to get knocked back, you know, 500, 1,000 points in the rankings yeah. by the time he finishes. <laughs> and I just stayed stagnant the whole game <laughs> until that last quarter where I got 35 points oh, in the, when moving to the midfield. And then it just dropped me all the way back. Like, I, I did, he's really uh, highly owned and I don't think you can get rid of him personally. Yeah, no, I don't think you can get rid of him. He's just a victim of being too good in particular roles. And he was put up or put in defense to man Dangerfield whenever he went back and to his uh, uh, you know to his benefit he did actually stop him um, uh, Dangerfield didn't perform as uh, well in the forward line this week as he did last week but mm, um, I'm not sure you're allowed to say anything negative about Dangerfield I can say whatever it. I want about that I don't, I don't, normally <laughs> media personalities don't say anything negative about Dangerfield so if you really want to make it in the industry you might have to rethink it <laughs> well Dangerfield was still good through the midfield obviously. he was he had a really good game but um, up forward, Yo did keep him pretty well held. Um, but I mean, obviously, when Yo's playing through the midfield, as considering he's got defensive status, you need to own him because he's just too good. Mm. Um, you know, when you can score third, I, you don't need to own him. I think you do if he's playing pure midfield time and he's a defender. I think you need to own him because that's a one hundred. I mean, but he'll play loss. pure midfielder until the week he plays yeah, defender yeah. or forward. It's just it's so tough. It, it, he's a tough one to own, and yeah. he was fantastic um, in the first half of last year. The second half. He, he, I think he went up below 90. Yeah, true. Um, and he still got 100 average for the year. Mm. Um, if he, Yeah, if he really cements a role and they consistently play him in the midfield, I do think he's worth jumping on. Yeah. Um, Wouldn't say must have, though. Yeah, true. We'll move on to the John Ledger. Um, we've talked already about Big Sab, uh, so I won't go too much more into that. But an interesting player for me was uh, Menegola. Mm. Uh, we've been bagging him at this... Oh, not bagging him, just... Uh, saying that his role was not going to be conducive to fantasy scoring this year with all the, the ins that um, Geelong have got. Wow, that is bagging him. That, oh, oh, how do you say that? In, oh. in personally insulting. Show some respect. <laughs> Show some restraint on the podcast. Um, we now have enemy of the podcast, Sam <laughs> But Sam Menegola, he had a great score this week, obviously. Uh, I honestly watch and wait on him for me in salary cap because he'll still be going down a little bit in price, maybe. Um you don't need to jump on him this round. Just wait and see what his role is for the next yeah. couple of weeks. Um, if he is playing much more midfield time, no issue jumping back on him. I like it. Yeah. Um, anyone else you want to talk? I mean, Dangerfield's a real big trade-in target for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I don't think there's too much. Dangerfield's one of those top guys you want to get, but I think yeah. there's more value to be had in mm-hmm. the early rounds. Uh, there's not really anything else I'd no. be touching on. Scott Selwood, uh, I, yeah, he came back. Yeah, I guess 65 is pretty good for yeah. him. Zach Guthrie, I'd be looking to move on soon yeah. if you have him. Yeah, absolutely. The Chris Scott method of, uh, he, I think he got a little bit too uh, fancy with things this week. Where he's oh, with the, with the here outs, we go. Here's a contentious point. <laughs> with the late outs. Uh, I love the fact that he put uh, Scott Selwood as the traveling emergency, yeah. as if no one would think that Scott Selwood would be a late in. Yeah. It's just incredible. Like, well, here's what I see, Christian. I think that Chris Scott, um, remember, he won a premiership in his first year as coach. I just wanted to put that out. I don't know how many coaches have done that, but I think that's a really remarkable thing. And the thing about Chris Scott is he has that tactical nous to bring in a late in or a late out every week. And they've got the other coaches guessing. They're going, what's Chris Scott going to do? Is he going to put in an extra Ruckman? Is he going to take out a Ruckman? Is Dangerfield going to be healthy? Is he not? You don't know with Chris Scott. And that rattles the players. It rattles the fans. It rattles his players as well It sometimes. rattles everyone out there's tipping. <laughs> it's- 
and it rattles me. <laughs> and my hand was hovering over your uh, mic volume as well, so it was going to be turned down. Um, well, that's all I want to say really about uh, Geelong. So that brings us to the end of the games for the round. So what we'll do is we'll split the podcast up now. So join us again. We're not about to split it into three or four segments. Oh, jeez. Oh, it's, it's just the start of the season, you know. And yeah. There's so much to talk about. So... Uh, Thanks for hanging in with us, guys, and we'll be back in just a bit with some questions uh, from Twitter and also uh, Risk It for the Biscuit. So you'll be subbing in for Matt this week, mate. Fantastic. Beauty. See you soon.